Winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Hello, everyone. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden, another day of crime and justice in America. The Chuck and Julie Show, True Straight Up, brought to you by um, AmericaCitizenPress.com and Denver Cenogenics and Dr. Julie McCallan. Um, yeah, you know, we have talked about it on this show. I talked about it when I was a TV reporter. We talked about it when we were at KNUS. We talked about it when we were at KOA. We've talked about it on this show. These Soros-backed DAs and criminal justice reform people are destroying the safety in our neighborhoods. This bail reform under the guise of, you know, racial equality, all it's doing is it's releasing bad guys with a pinky swear that they're going to show back up in court, back into our communities where they're hurting more people. And it doesn't get much worse than it did in um, um, Waukesha. I think it's Waukesha, Wisconsin, when a guy who was out on bond. So let's see, he's out on bond. I mean, he's got a lengthy history going back 39-year-old African-American. Yeah, 39, African american man, hates Trump, hates white people, hates police. Of course, the social media stuff has all been scrubbed, but he is out on bond. Let's see. So he was out on bond for domestic violence, felons with a gun, all kinds of crimes, pimping out and sexually assaulting a 16-year-old, by the way, just a couple of weeks ago, he tried to run over the wife or the mother of his child. And he was out on, a, I think, a $500 bond on that. Um, and then recently involved in a series of other crimes. And he's out on a $1,000 bond. My prediction is, too, they, they tell you that, but they call it a $1,000 personal recognizance bond, which means that you have to pay it if you don't show up. So let's just think about that. So you're not going to show up and you think you're going to pay it. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's out on bond plows through barricades, fleeing, according to the cops, and we'll get into that in a second, fleeing um, the, the scene of another crime that he's been involved in and crashes through, kills five people, injures, I think it's 40. up to 40, 48 others. Two of the other people injured are in critical condition, their children. Um, and you know what? You want to know something? It's not on the front page of the Denver Post. You know what beats that story out of the Denver Post? The cat at Coors Field had emergency surgery. I kid you not. The cat at Coors Field is, yeah, is more important. Not on Channel 7, not on Channel 9, not on KDVR. Of course, all the snarky Democrats are going, oh, must have been self-defense. Right. It's like, and, and you know, so here's a guy. And so we want to talk about the bail reform. We want to also talk about, let's just speculate for a second. Let's just say that this had been in a white kid who had plowed into a BLM supporting a parade, right? Killed five black Black people injured 40 others was having a Confederate flag in the back of his truck, um, had anti BLM um, racist kind of postings all over the place on his social media. Do you think that the cat getting emergency surgery from Curse Field would beat that story out? I mean, not in a million years, do you? Well, they haven't given, you know, CNN, MSNBC waited days and days before identifying who the suspect was. On uh, his race and his criminal record. And uh, not days and days, hours and hours. Huh? They didn't wait days. It just happened. No, no. It, it, it was literally days. Okay. They, did, they waited over 24 hours. It was already up on Gateway Pundit and elsewhere right. before yeah. they did it. <laughs> Dr. Donna, what color is the cat? You're probably <laughs> right, Donna. I bet the cat is 
um, an African American, I, I, and God knows what the cat identifies as, right? Yeah, right so it's not right. it's not even clear on that. Um, we want to play you though. So here's what this guy, the social media, some of it's been scrubbed, but I did find this um, earlier, um, and this is this is some of this guy's rap music. Okay, Thomas, if we could play the suspect video, please. AK-47, just like Malcolm, nigga. These devils try to take me down, bet they coming with us. Police is tripping, fuck around and be a shooting victim. I keep it on me, I kill one for sure, I kill the witness. So fuck a pig and the judge, that's how I'ma live it. Man, we was asking for too long, now they gotta give it. And I got homies in themselves trying to fight the system. Minimum wage, ain't shit changed, they still slaving niggas. They pr- I mean, it's and, you know, and, and Jacob is or Sandra is posting that Andy and I never had to say his name. Go has a social media and for this Daryl Brooks guy where he gives instructions, among other things, how to run a vehicle through people and make excuses. Hence, it's not a terrorist action. I mean, they're just going to bury it. And we've talked about this before. Before we get into that, though, I do, again, want to just emphasize, though, that the, the district attorney in Wisconsin is now saying John that they're Chisholm. yeah they're going to review what appears to be an inappropriately low bail in this case. You think you think um, again? Well, they'll find it. They'll find it was fine. Well, they found it was fine. That's what they did. They do it over and over and over. He's not the only one. They have this policy that because of racial injustice, we need to release all people, particularly if they're black people. Because keep in mind, we've got the white insurrectionists, oh, yeah, uh, insurrectionists who have been for what, 10 months now held yeah, without bond yeah. on minor crimes, um, allegations compared to what this guy was, is, was yeah, wanted yeah. for. It had been arrested for over and over and over, not to mention skipping bail over and over and and over resisting police, sexually assaulting, uh, violently assaulting women. That's all okay. That's all okay. And we're going to let him out on bail back into the community. This is well, happening he, 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 every day in, in Denver, in Boulder, in Westminster, all across the country. That's why George Soros backs these district attorneys, because this is his deal. And you got to ask yourself, why does George Soros want to release criminals back into our community? Oh, it's, it's open society. Yeah. Um, but you do have to realize they always take something was a problem. I think it was a problem of of poor black people not to you know make bail on on certainly non serious charges right. uh, and elsewhere. I mean it, it really was, and there are a thousand ways you can you know, ankle monitors. You can uh, find ways to to secure their return. If you can't, you don't let them out. But so they take a problem and they make it a thousand times worse, a thousand times worse. Right. And um, there's a lot going on, too. And we can talk about this a little bit um, in terms of, well, let me actually at, at 3.30, we're going to have Carl Honiger come on, um, basically explaining um, a column that he has in the Glendale Terry mm-hmm. Creek Chronicle, which hits the streets today. Why we're all screwed. At the, <clears throat> excuse me. Why we're all screwed at the gas pump for for time for the rest of our lives, probably. But but one of the things is, too, there is a lot of speculation. And, and I have to say, initially, I was like, no, but it's like, like this one guy was saying, so wait, so he intentionally drove through the barricades, the police say, which makes sense. How do you unintentionally drive through a barricade? It's like, oh my God, did you see that? It's a barricade. Who knew? Um, that's the point of a barricade. Um, he intentionally drove through that and hit the crowd, but he was fleeing the scene of a crime. 
um, that he had committed. Like this one guy said, so let's say you've committed a crime and you're trying to flee and you decide, I know, I think I'm going to go through a barricade, drive down a parade route, kill Killing a bunch people, of people. and Keep on driving. Keep on driving. The cops will never figure that out. No, With all no. of it captured on yeah, camera. Free as a bird. Free as a bird. I mean, he has a point on that. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this guy, and here's the problem. We can't tell anymore, right? Because I guarantee you, he didn't scrub his social media. He's in custody, <laughs> right? He didn't scrub it. Somebody else has scrubbed it all. Um, it's anymore, I think you just don't trust people, right? No, you, you don't, no, well, I know. I mean, you don't know what to believe. I, I know the guy at the conservative treehouse is saying, no, this is all part of a, a scheme here. This guy probably, he says, intentionally did this targeting white people, but that doesn't fit the Democrat narrative. So I'm not going to talk about that. In fact, we're going to cover the cat having surgery from Curse Field. We're not even going to talk about this case. Of course not. No. All right. Well, let's go on to our part B of of what we're going to talk about the first half hour. And that's the approved narrative. The approved narrative by the mainstream media, the corporate media is young white males um, killing uh, people of color and raping women of both colors. That, that That's the narrative they want. That's the narrative they demand. It doesn't really matter if it fits the facts. It'll make the facts fit the narrative. Uh, so let's just go down this. Rittenhouse. Tom, uh, so if we can see a picture of, Chuck has pictures he's going to show here. Um, so if we could put the Rittenhouse picture. There he is. So he's a he was a vigilante, a white supremacist, a bigot, um, who took an AK-47 or, or a uh, AR-15, I guess, across state lines um, in order to shoot peaceful protesters at a Black Lives Matter rally, and he ended up killing two blacks as well as wounding a third. Well, all that turns out to be utter BS, but who cares? It just asserts the facts, and, and uh, the former writer for the New York Times, Weiss, said that, you know, she thought she's follows it. She thought they're all black victims. She thought he killed them and they were peaceful protesters and everything else. Um, and if it hadn't had a televised trial, that right. would have been the that narrative. Been the narrative. There, there you go. So that's it. Well, let's go to the next one. Nick Sandstrom. Sandman. Sandman. Can we have the Sandman video picture, please? He and a bunch of bigoted uh, high school, Catholic high school, white supremacists, um, harassed, uh, intimidated, and and terrorized a Indian American activist, an elder in the, in the tribe, and a wonderful person. Well, it turns out that he did nothing of the sort. He just didn't back off um, when the Indian activist came slamming his drum in his face and just smiled instead. Um, and when that narrative didn't work, um, well, they just forgot that story. It cost CNN, MSNBC, and some others a lot of money. But yeah, nobody apologized. Nobody no, corrected uh, it. Nobody uh, said, oh, I guess we were wrong. Okay. Uh, let's go to George Zimmerman. Here's another one. We just have to make it fit the facts. Um, if you can, if you can put up George's picture. There's George. Now, according to the New York Times, uh, he's a white Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to an Hispanic, Hispanic Hispanic. Hispanic. He's a, a new- white Hispanic. <laughs> A new racial category called white Hispanics. Um, and he he uh, tracked down, was a vigilante who tracked down a poor kid who was just out uh, to get uh, some fruits and other things and shot him dead. Well, it turns out the person actually came after him, had him on the ground, was banging his head, trying to smash it in. But Trayvon Martin was, according to Obama he at the time, could have been his son. He would have looked just like his son. Um, and so he just 
Okay, he's not white. We'll make him white. It doesn't matter. We'll change it. Change all the facts you need. Um, one of my favorites is the Duke lacrosse case. I don't know if you have a picture. We do that. have a picture of that too. Uh, those are the three Duke lacrosse uh, players charged with rape, uh, multiple rape counts. Um, they were supposedly hired Crystal Magnum, a black woman, uh, to uh, do a strip tease and then forced her into the bathroom and multiply raped her as well as beating her. Um, Mike Nifong, the uh, district attorney, uh, corrupted all the evidence, hit all the DNA. It showed that none of these boys, semen was in Crystal Magnum, though five other men were, um, and it was all a lie. Um, at least in that case, the, the uh, AG, who's a Democrat, Cooper, uh, went on to be governor, um, did proclaim the kids to be innocent. Um, that one was quickly went off the pages and said, well, they must have been up to something. Um, you have a similar woman of a picture of the Virginia um, paternity where a woman, uh, unidentified just name, was raped repeatedly, smashed through a, a glass table and her back forced down, all bloody, everything else. Turns to total hoax, none of it true, um, but it was uh, young white males purportedly raping someone, even though it is false. Now, you may think, well, what if you don't have a young white male? What if you have... <laughs> an old a, one will do. An old one will do. Well, that's Kavanaugh. So you just go back 40 years or 30 years and claim that he raped somebody when, he was, Kavanaugh. when he was 16. The story was ludicrous. It was absolutely ludicrous and unsupported. And yet to this day, the He's left says... That Kavanaugh raped uh, this one. And Christine Blasey Ford gets awards every so often for it. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, in fact, yes, exactly. Now, what happens if you're a black man um, and but a conservative? Well, then the old rules don't go. I mean, Clarence Thomas, he he raped his uh, and sexually harassed, um, I forget her Anita name. Hill. Anita Hill. And she's still a hero to the left. Um let's see. Yeah, Bernard Getz. That yeah. goes way back. Yeah, let's let's go to Bernard Getz. There he is. He was an early version of Rittenhouse. He'd been beaten up, mugged various times. Four men came up to him with sharp screwdrivers to rob him and maybe kill him in a subway in New York City. Uh, And he shot four of them, I think. None of them fatally, but uh, nonetheless, he was charged with uh, attempted murder. Um, And he was was, uh, released of all charges except the gun charge. Uh, which luckily in this case, the yeah. judge got rid of. Right. Um, so as a practical matter, Bernard Getz goes into this long litany of, of what the narrative must be. And you know, Whoopi Goldberg is seen today saying he's a murderous white supremacist and, and crying for, for the victims of this vicious white supremacist. Who, 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 yeah, who was a, a pedophile who angrily raped children and the other guy domestic. I mean, here's the thing. Well, I mean, well, took a skateboard and tried to right decapitate him but but uh, skateboard you know baseball bat that's you know, just take it well and i think head. to your point is is th- this isn't a new tactic on the left the left has but i the good news is i think there is a, an awakening um so the um and i spoke to an adams county women's group over on saturday and talked about this and thank you by the way to joanne winholds and all those guys for inviting me but the the left anymore there was a time 
and I think as you've demonstrated, it was, I was kind of like being naive about this, but we used to think of the news as they chronicled the day's events. Anymore, what they do is they take incidents, situations, and circumstances in the day's events, and they craft them to fit their narrative. Now, they can do that by, by just by omitting them altogether. We saw that with the Hunter Biden laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Fake news, Russian news, can't report it. Twitter censors you, just like with this case that we're seeing in um, Waukesha, Wisconsin, where it's like this disappeared, right? The guy runs over five people, kills them, injures dozens of others, but he doesn't fit their narrative. So not even not even on their home pages and their websites. Um, you can have cases like Kyle Rittenhouse where they just flat out lie and manipulate the evidence and say he illegally carried the gun, he shot black people, or they can just kind of twist it. And they've done that a little bit in the Rittenhouse case. Well, too, and, they- and, and of course, the FBI is is often involved in these, these matters. And you can go back to the Richard Jewell one, um, where they uh, had him give a fake interview where she waived his Miranda rights uh, and then leaked to the Atlanta Constitution that, uh, in fact, he fit the perfect profile for a murderer wanting to be a hero. Um, that that didn't work. It's just amazing, really. But as the FBI, people say, well, the FBI has recently gotten corrupt. No. <laughs> well, no. here, this is this is from Jacob. Nifog served time for the Duke lacrosse incident. One day. Yeah. One day. But, and then Sandra says, and since that obviously didn't work the way they planned, they're now using the FBI and coming after people. Exactly. Yes, and yes. what's a federal offense that the FBI is coming into a citizen's home for? Yeah. Wire fraud. And we're talking about the Sharona Bishop case that's going on here. So it is indeed alarming time. So we've got the left with their narrative. And, and I've, as, as I've said, which they never give up on, which they never give up on. Anita Hill, it doesn't make any difference. Um, uh, no, it's, it, as you said, it's like, it's everything still is giving her racist. Um, they've been working in this for a long time. If they don't like you and you don't fit their elite uh, social, their elite narrative, then they twist it around, and make you this. Well, if you're this a black monster. conservative, you know, it doesn't, you know, uh, then, you well, know, then you're still a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah, Candace right. Owens, yes. Casper Stockham is like yeah, all yes, the white supremacists. Yeah. It's, it's like, you just I mean, change color automatically somehow. It's amazing. And I think then what they do, and this is the scary part, because this is, I think, sort of the new twist, is now they use social media to censor you. You still can't on social media, if you were to try to talk about the origins of COVID, still can't talk about no, that, no. still can't talk about some of these alternate treatments that now you know governors are paving the way for, right? Um, can't talk about masks, can't talk about any of that. So they silence you. And then, as we've seen in the case of people like Sharona Bishop, if you still refuse to be silent they break down your door and they arrest you and you may be like oh julie you know that's a little conspiracy theory it's not (laughs) well it is but it's true just because it's a conspiracy theory doesn't mean that it's not true um and I think that the only thing we could do, and thank goodness for, and I think, frankly, for listeners like you, for shows like this and other shows where people are telling the truth, because I think people get now that the mainstream media is lying to them. Now, they may not care very much, but they get that. And I think they realize- Well, half the country gets that. I mean, they've taken all kinds well, the of other half, the other, the other half, Believe I think- it. I don't, they don't care. They don't care, right? right. They're, they're happy to believe the lie because the lie- I think, uh, what's her name? Goldberg. Would be Goldberg. Would be Goldberg cares the fact that that uh, the kid's innocent no she doesn't care. no no exactly they don't they don't care at all we saw what this was funny those fox guys these fox contributors issued this big press release 
I'm going to say a la Craig Silverman, but I won't go down that road. I didn't say that. But anyway, <laughs> saying that they're quitting Fox News as contributors because of Tucker Carlson's Jan- the Patriot Purge, right? Well, then, of course, Fox is just a statement that says, oh, well, actually, we weren't renewing their contracts anyway. So they're technically not quitting. They're just they're just never stopping coming. early. They're just stopping early. Um, but they don't care. Right. That's the thing. They're going to fuel that. You know, those guys are going to be on CNN, MSNBC, talk about how horrible Tucker Carlson is, because, again, he's dear to challenge the narrative. And now what are we seeing? Not only is Ashley Babbitt, I mean, they still talk about the armed insurrection where police officers were killed. Not true. Not true at all. Demonstrably not true. And they still go there. Meanwhile, the one person who we know was killed, Ashley Babbitt, shot by a Capitol Hill police officer. Now there's increasing evidence coming out about another young woman who they tried to say died of like a meth overdose. Turns out not to be true. Her attorney is finding... in this January 6th thing, incidents and videotape. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you look at it. Molly Hemingway, once again, is great. Revolver News is great on this, as is the Gateway Pundit. And Federalist. And the Federalist showing video of the Capitol Hill police beating viciously beating this woman. Now, this is a protester. Can you imagine if the Denver police who stood by while I was punched, who stood yeah. by while the guy who launched that um, that pro-police rally was smacked over the head, bleeding down his face with by what? a skateboard, with a skateboard. skateboard. Yeah. All of that was so I think okay. a skateboard can't be used on somebody's head anymore, any less than a baseball bat. Well, that's why they carry the skateboards, the Antifa people. But, yes, yes. but, but my point is, is that if 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 the police had started beating brutally right. the Black Lives right. Matter people, right. I mean there would have been outrage, right? And and instead, when it happens in this case, well, Sandra states everybody Bush's Patriot opened the yes. door for the FBI. It, it actually did, although right. the um, Jewel, the uh, Richard Jewell one predates that. Um, but that shows you if we all we do is replace Democrats. With Bush-like Republicans, established Republicans here in this state, um, if we're going to have the Eli Bremers and and all the other ones, um, then, then what has been accomplished? Nothing. I, I mean, the Bushes were just as bad as the Democrats in my mind, and established Republicans are as bad as Democrats in my mind. Just to replace bad Republicans with bad Democrats, I guess they're not quite as bad as the Democrats, but you just welcome in a new age of more Democrats coming. Um, well, because here's here's the thing. This is my belief. This is why the left wing media, this is why the narrative is there. It's not really their narrative. It's this very progressive narrative. It's it is a, their narrative. Well, no, it's not the media's. It is their narrative, but they are puppets. They're working for other no, people. No, no, no. They, they are part of it. I mean, well, they, that's what I'm trying to say. They keep on saying in, in, in the Russian hoax that, that uh, the New York Times, Washington Post were duped into yeah, this. No. no, they were active participants. They were they yeah. they were not just duped into this. They didn't. Oh, Igor Chichenko, uh or Igor Denchenko, uh, lied. How could we? How could we anticipate that? I mean, you know what? Well, you knew he lied. Mm. You knew he was lying because you were helping. Because you helped him lie. Yeah, you helped him lie. But but the thing is, though, I think what we need to remember. This is where with why it's so important. I think to re- re- um, elect. I don't even call them disciplined, grassroots, populist Republicans who are not going to be part of the deep state because it is all part of the uniparty. Right. The narrative helps people like Mitt Romney. The narrative helps 
Bill Owens. Bill Owens. The narrative Hank helps Brown. Um, Bill Gates. It helps. It helps Bill Owens every bit as much as it helps Bill Gates. Well, maybe not quite as much, but you know what I'm saying. This uniparty that like has established themselves as these elite oligarchs who need to stomp on the rest of us and tell us put your mask back on, make your kid get a vaccine, um, close your business down. Don't care if you go out of business. That's that doesn't mean anything as long as you know Amazon continues making more money and Jeff Bezos makes more money and you know if we've got to throw a few more white kids in prison for shooting black people even though they weren't black hey you know so be it well, Bezos so be just it. gave a hundred million to the Obama Foundation which is all great sure no problem there that's right yeah um, and this is from Sandra Media the same damn people that terrorize the Rittenhouse jurors thank God for the judge in that case yeah like I said I guarantee you there's no way on earth that the NBC would just coincidentally going through a red light right behind the jury bus he was there to, and I'm sure he did Take pictures of them, if not that day, other days of them. Um, I, I guarantee you they all know where they live. Well, let's go to tonight. Tonight, um, Tucker Carlson is going to have uh, Kyle Rittenhouse huh? on a show as part of a um, two part, part of his Tucker Carlson originals that cross promotes within when the show itself at six o'clock. The question becomes should uh, Kyle Rittenhouse go on Tucker Carlson? Should he politicize uh, what's happened to him? His, Attorney Mark Richards says, no, no, no. Um, and I can tell you the answer is yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. And I want to see though, Barney. Uh, know, well, Barney's on, so we, we can debate this again. Um, is Kyle Rittenhouse <laughs> a hero? Um, yes. And the, and the right must hold him up as a hero because if they don't, then the only voices will be heard are silence on the right and a deafening cry that he's a murderer on the left. You've got to fight for uh, your side. It can't be just oh he's a mixed up screwed up kid oh it's a, no so no seventeen year old with a long gun should have been at Bunker Hill or Lexington um, or on the uh, boat. If I didn't love you so much, I'd tell you you're full of crap. But I love <laughs> you, so let's just go with that. I and I you know what I might piss some of your listeners off. I don't think he's a hero. I, I get where you're coming from. I don't think we should shun him. I think he was an idiot. It doesn't matter. That's not my point. My point is I've got a liberal daughter who's pretty political, and and she's got friends all over the country. She started calling them on Sunday. They had no idea they were white. They had no idea that Jacob is still alive, even though he's paralyzed. They had no idea, by the way, that Jacob got $15 million uh, from the Kenosha Police Department. I don't know about you, but, I, I man, I could... That that sounds like a profitable way to retire. But bottom line is, when is the when is the media malice? Because it, when you think about it, all these people that are hearing this crap from CNN, can you blame them? I mean, when you have news organizations saying what they, I I don't I, I know that I I do blame them, but I'm just saying if you're an idiot, that's all you listen to. I I just I, I guess I get where they're coming from. Some white guy showed up and started shooting black people. I mean, it's it's well, as yeah. idiotic as it gets, but 
And you're right, Bernie. This is what I said when I at this group Saturday. I said, you know, so what do we do about this? Right? We know they're lying. We know that they they, they will flat out if, with the steel don't say they will flat out make it up if they have to. And what do we do about it? And I think the thing is, is you do your best to educate yourself. Number one, you do your best, like you did, to educate your daughter because you know, hopefully, from now on, she's going to look at these news reports and go, "I wonder if I'm getting the whole." Well, is she? Well, I, I she will. I'll, I'll tell you what. It's been it's been a while coming. Because every time something happens, I'll always say, hold on a minute. Yes, let's go ahead. And, you know, I, I tell her I can't stand it when I used to have to stick up for Trump. But what's right is right and wrong is wrong. And, I, you know, and let's go back to the hero thing. Because it kind of irks me when I hear people say, when they tie first responders into the military, I, you know, being yeah. thank you for your service, whatever. I'm sorry. They're the different. Guy, yeah, way different. And you know what? Keep in mind, the military didn't want me. Can't imagine why, but <laughs> they didn't. But yeah, you live six months in a crap hole country, you know, no shower, no nothing, no wife, no kids. And it's a big difference. And, and so that's where I, that hero, that, that, that just kind of, you talk about heroes, talk about the 16 year old that lied to get into the military that ended up on, on uh, Normandy beach. I mean, I, I don't know it. Well, well, like well, my great grandfather lied at age fourteen to get in the Civil War, um, and and he lasted. And somehow he lasted all five <laughs> years. That's <laughs> me. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think, uh, amazing. Hero or not hero? Here's what I think about all of no, this. I think it's important that he is a hero because well, I think finish, we, I know, but we have to mind. celebrate him because I think in some ways he is a hero. I mean, he went to save his community. It was an interesting article we talked about the Federalists. It said, in fact, everybody should have been out. Preventing well, these protesters from destroying their city when the police wouldn't do and anything. And that's what I wanted to say. I mean, Barney, what do you expect somebody to do when you've got the cops saying we're not even going to try? You've got the fire department saying we're not going to come, and it's like, so who's supposed to? I, I mean, it, that, that's what I'm conflicted well, about. It, I admit, I, it, I agree with you. I agree, but then I just say because Chuck always says, you know, you have to, you're going to have to kill somebody. Um, it, I think we're long overdue for that. Call it whatever you want, the black. You know what? To sit there and watch $50 million worth of property damage in Kenosha and right. people don't have a right to be pissed off. And, and it's not about, okay, so you show up at my door and you're burning the house across the street. I'm shooting you because you're coming in my house. I'm not shooting you because you're going to steal my house or whatever. Right. I, so I, I don't think we should call him a hero. I think we should not sh- run away from him. I think, you know, this, these people do not really understand the the Second Amendment. They are clueless. And to me, the Second Amendment, the most important words in that shall not be infringed on. That's yeah. the most. Well, they they that's the like, Second Amendment and they get the free people with guns are a threat to a government. To I mean, right. They get it. I know they, yeah. they get yeah. it. Well, but, wait, most but for me, do. he's a hero. He came to okay. the community um, and he courageously tried to help people put out fires. They attacked him. In self-defense, he had to shoot two people, one with a and, and wound another who had a Glock pointed to his head from a couple feet away. Um, and, and let's let's hero. get it clear because this stuff really. Uh, Rosenbaugh was charged was charged and convicted of, of molesting eleven mm. boys, little boys, ninety eleven, and I'm sure those boys are 28, 29, 30 years old now. That was in two thousand and two, so I'm sure they're thinking, "Hey, uh, karma sucks, doesn't it?" Rosenbaum. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm more a believer in the universe. I, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. Chuck, right. I still Wait. love you. 
All right. Love you, too, love you too, Barney. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you. See you, Mark. Tons of Zoom. Leo's telling you, Barney, that you should shoot them in the yard and then drag them inside. We're going <laughs> hey, yes. to switch gears a little bit. We've had um, Carl on our show before, Carl Harniger. He did a great job of breaking down some of the dark money and how money is spent in races, Republican races, and how it influences things. And he just does a great job as an, an economic analyst. And I'm not even really technically sure what your title is, <laughs> uh, but he's got a great column in the Glendale Terry Creek Chronicle that hits the, stri- uh, the streets today. So first, Carl, hey, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on again today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just am interested in economics. I've always been since I had to take economics classes in um, college for my accounting degree. And I also used to work in oil and gas for a number of years. And so I started when the price of oil was really high. And so I remember that they were hiring anybody, even if you had just a degree in art, you could be a manager (laughs) at an oil and gas company. Um, But what happened is, is you had a significant price drop. And the price of oil, which of course translated to the loyal, the low um, gas prices we enjoyed during the Trump administration, and really that was kind of a miracle that probably will never happen again. And so that's where I kind of try to break it down from my viewpoint of being in it. Like I literally was in a company that was drilling up in the Bakken, and they declared bankruptcy because of the fact that. Um, there was so much investment here in the United States. We saw it in Colorado too. I mean, right. all the investment in Weld County, that right. all the jobs that that brought with drilling for oil. Um, the United States put billions of dollars of private investment into drilling for oil. And then Saudi Arabia was like, well, what about our market share? Because the thing you got to understand about Saudi Arabia is their whole government is funded off of the um, profit they get off of oil. So when you read about Saudi Arabia and it's like, oh, well, their cost to produce is like super low. You've got to remember, but that also means all the money that they funnel to their different princes who then funnel it down to the different people, all the people on welfare, basically <laughs> in Saudi Arabia <laughs> rely on a higher um, oil, oil price. Okay. Well, also at the same time, you've got to think if their market share decreases, well, then that also impacts how much money they're going to have to keep the welfare state in Saudi Arabia going. So people, of course, don't revolt, right, or get mad. Right. Oh, and yeah. so um, basically, you've got to remember that when the price of oil was so low because we were producing so much in the United States, they said, we're going to try to bankrupt these small companies in the United States, like the one that I was a part of. Saudi Arabia and was that. Yeah, yeah. Basically, okay. they're like, we're going to get our market share back. And so they dropped the price of oil by oh, pumping so much. Okay. Now they had Saudi Arabia is unlike all these other countries in the world. They're not all debt financed. So they had billions of dollars in reserves where they could slowly over the number of years, um, draw down on that reserve. They could weather it. Yes. Um, and it was just a game of, of time. And so what happened is a couple of years ran out companies like the one I was part of, um, stock price dropped to to a dollar, less than a dollar, and they declared bankruptcy. And so Saudi Arabia then was basically like, hey, we've done enough. It worked. I mean, like I, 
Yeah, exactly. A hundred oil and gas companies <laughs> declared bankruptcy. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because John D. Rockefeller did the exact same thing to build up Standard Oil. He cut the prices so much he was selling below cost, but it bankrupted all of his competitors. And then he started hiking well, the prices think, again. And you're right. I mean, we have friends who are lawyers for oil and gas companies. I think people in Denver, I mean, this was just, a, you know, in recent memory, right? Where yeah. they just they just drove them out of business. Okay. And so... Um, so you're saying so make so because Carl is explaining, guys, um, I think we'd like to give it all the credit to Trump, but you're saying no, it was actually sort of a confluence of things that was miraculously came together during his administration. Well, some of it he did. Some yes. of it he did. Yes. But we're also I, I, I do want to point out. Yeah. As we're also screwed in that it's unlikely to happen again. So so continue. Yeah. Well, but but a little bit of credit is due to Trump. The fact that I remember um it probably was like a year or so ago. Um, the Wall Street Journal, I, I kept it. It said that the price of oil went like to zero or negative, something like that, for a short time period in like, um, what was it? It was like spring of 2020. Um, and so all these oil and gas companies, they sent like their political um, representatives to Washington, D.C., and they were interested in bailouts or they were interested in something. Right. And Trump told them no. Ah. And so because of that, that did allow us to enjoy some more low oil oil prices because he was like, sorry, like this is just the market. You know, if you guys made poor decisions or whatever, or you just have to deal with the low oil price. Okay. Um, and then also when I mentioned what comes in terms of peace, um, Obama was not a not a peace president. He should not have gotten his yeah. Uh, no, 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 he was awarded it a day after he got into office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah they should have taken it away. <laughs> and so, with Libya being taken off the market, um, you saw heading into that 20, um, 2012, 2013, you saw that um, there wasn't as much production from the Middle East into the market. And so that allowed these oil and gas companies in the United States to say, Hey, price of oil is high. Let's put billions of dollars into investment, into exploring the Bakken, exploring shale in Colorado. Now, then of course, Trump, he's got pressure to involve, to intervene in places like Syria, Iran, et cetera. And he says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do limited strikes, right? I'm going to do limited involvement. And that enables there to be a healthy market of oil. And so that's the second thing. And um, the third thing, of course, is that, um, again, that that free market, the ability to invest billions of dollars is something that we're not going to see with the Biden administration because he's so strict on just getting that oil to market. That factors into why would I build infrastructure in North Dakota? Keystone pipeline. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, if it's going to cost so much to get to market. And there's, and in, and in Colorado too, then all the oil and gas regulations. I mean, well, we, because a couple of years back, we would talk to oil and gas companies and they said, we're just not going to go to Colorado, but now, but this is affecting everybody. Mm-hmm. So you're saying essentially there were several factors, getting rid of Libya, Saudi Arabia, deliberately making the intent, the decision to drive oil prices down to bankrupt yeah, yeah. American companies. And now you've got essentially Biden type policies that make it harder for American companies and voila, the price of gas. Where where do you see gas going? Price. Um, It'll probably maintain pretty close to around here. What we're seeing at the pump because of the fact that, like I mentioned earlier, Biden talks about Saudi Arabia as if 
they can just start pumping more. But it's not that whole fact that, okay, well, it's cheap for them to produce it, but they've got to maintain the fact that their profit is high enough so that the, their profit goes directly to keeping the people happy in Saudi Arabia. Again, I mean, do they got to probably build the reserves back up, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, you always they, have unexpected events. I mean, I know in Norway they're having an election coming up in which the left-wing party wants to stop oil, oil and gas production, um, uh, notwithstanding the fact that really Norway these days is very similar to Saudi Arabia, that the whole government is really financed off, <laughs> off of oil. And, the, and they don't seem yeah. to quite get that. But if they get in and win and they start shutting down oil and gas in Norway, well, the price of, of oil and gas will start going up because they produce a lot in the, in the yeah. North Sea. Yeah. And so that's why um, I kind of want to shift to the whole, um, this Senate bill. Okay. Uh, the this is Senate the, bill. Let me give people, we're going to foreshadow here. This is cue discussion about evil Colorado Democrats in the legislature. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> and I don't know what Mike Cobb is registered as, but um, this is where Colorado Concern comes in. Right. So if you go to the Colorado Concern website, People have, have to understand Colorado Concern is made up of responsible uh, corporations and, and businesses that are helping everybody. The head of it is a former gubernatorial Republican candidate. Norm Brownstein uh, is an Brown- active, <laughs> active member of it. I think you could uh, say swinos. Okay. There's, there's swinos. Okay. So go ahead, yes. Carl. Yeah. And so um, on their infrastructure committee, specific to transportation infrastructure subcommittee, the chair is Mike Kopp, who is the president of, of uh, Colorado yeah, Concern. And a Repub- former Republican gubernatorial candidate. Yeah, exactly. And Matt Gray, who was one of the sponsors in the House of this bill, um, 260, is also on that um, subcommittee for Colorado Concern. And so they pushed last year, um, it was probably around even like January or February of last year, they wanted gas a tax disguised as a fee to fund transportation. Mm. And so you were able to get a Republican in the Senate and you're able to get, of course, Matt Gray, who is the Democrat who represents my area of Boulder. Uh, I'm sorry, Broomfield. (laughs) They want to be Boulder. (laughs) Same difference these days. And so um, what's funny about it though, is when they originally talked about it, they wanted to talk about it as, it was infrastructure for, you know, actually like roads. Right. Because we all know how bad our roads are. Well, right. It also goes towards um, governments expanding access to electric vehicles. So buying electric vehicles, electric vehicle infrastructure. Um, and it's, it's really expensive too. Like right. the schedule of costs, um, Complete Colorado did a great breakdown the fees on gas are going to be 1.6 billion. So it's two cents per gallon ramping up every year by two cents. So that in, by 2028, we'll have an additional eight cents per gallon. And then to keep that in context, the state of Colorado already has a 22 cent per so, gallon gas tax. Okay. So now we're going yeah. to go up to 30 cents a gallon gas tax. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's assuming they don't do anything else, which is not probably a good assumption. Yeah, yeah. But and so that's where it's so interesting. Like we already have a gas tax, twenty two cents. So why didn't they want to just like what are take they that doing same with that law? Money? 
Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, increase it. Well, it comes to the whole, the whole thing of Tabor. They knew that if they went to the voters and said, hey, the gas tax you're paying the pump, sorry, 22 cents per gallon. Let's increase that to 30 cents. Let's have a vote, right? <laughs> yeah. But they decided not to because Colorado Concern recognizes that it would cost too much money on their behalf to try to get something to pass. And most of the time, Colorado voters say no. Well, and is this money then, Carl, that's going, I mean, there can't be that much money for Tesla's that they need out there. Right. I mean, is sure this, is, is well, yeah. I mean, is this just money? And, and I don't know why Colorado concern would be being so nice. Because to they're, they're well, me, rhino Republicans. But I mean, is, is this also just another way for them to just do an end run around Tabor yes. and just get more money for yes. them to do stuff that they want yes. to do, whatever it is they want to do. Yeah. And I think it's also probably, um, by going to the voters, if they had done this route, they would have had some kind of accountability to what they said they spent it on, right? Right. So that's where um, what they can do is they can divert it by focusing on like greenhouse gas emission planning. And so that the project has to meet certain greenhouse gas emission reduction targets. And so that's where you could see if they'd put it to the voters, they could say, hey, this is going to go straight to building roads. This is only going to go to building roads. Whereas if they go around the voters, voters don't really pay attention. They don't see it. They're not held accountable to the fact that they can divert it to other projects. Oh, and this is from Barney, too, who drives a truck. So he knows he knows it's more than 22 <laughs> cents. He says all taxes per gallon comes to about 42 cents a gallon. Well, federal taxes, of too. Gasoline, too. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. Well, and so well, here's another interesting point. Now, Chrissy Burton-Brown, the Republican chairman, one of her uh, commitments to Colorado, which are pretty vague and and don't have much meaning, but one of them was we support Tabor. Now, to say we support Tabor um, when you have Kevin Priola, who's a Republican senator from Adams County, being a sponsor of this Enron around Tabor, what does supporting Tabor mean? Yeah, that means I mean supporting yeah. Tabor. Yeah, exactly. Screwing Tabor. Well, and here's the thing, too, then. So, Carl, are the Democrats evilly trying to trick us into thinking that that the higher gas taxes, because I'm assuming this tax is going into effect now, right? This fee, so to speak, beginning of the year, or beginning right? of the year. I, it's yeah, it's probably going to be the beginning of the year. So yeah. is our gas? So we're just supposed to all think that somehow this is just part of the supply chain problem, when actually a significant portion of it, or at least a portion of it, is just the Democrats, and they're like, hey, those stupid taxpayers, I'll never figure it out. Yeah, it'll go up two, two cents. Yeah, you know, I, just- I like that you point at supply chain because I. Like I did focus on the gas fee, but really because this is so big, like that's just 1.6 billion out of the multiple billions that they're trying to um, increase costs on us. They have a fee for diesel, right? So same schedule, same amount. They have a retail delivery fee. So it's a 27 cent fee will apply um, if you want stuff delivered from Amazon or like, let's just say you want to use Grubhub. Oh, good. Right. So you're going to see an extra 27 cents there. Um, there's a ride-sharing fee, a uh, 30-cent fee, so like Uber Lyft. Now, think about this. Do you think they're going to apply it if you were to pay for a taxi? No. <laughs> no, of course not, because they don't want to hurt the taxis. They don't want to hurt the devil. You're right. There's no Uber. There's no Uber. The PUC lobby. lobby over at the PUC, the Public Utilities Commission. <laughs> you know, it's just... 
God, it, it just, we're all doomed. It, we're screwed, <laughs> Carl, is what you're saying. How many saying. times have I told you I that, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's, well, okay, okay. And, and that's just, you know, disgusting that they're trying to do that. And again, and thanks to people like you who point out, hey, wait, guys, here's what's going on. You know, these lower prices were one thing. That's probably, as you said, that sort of confluence of things, you call it a miracle, is probably not likely to happen again. Saudi Arabia, yeah. at least in our immediate future has no need to drive down gas prices. But meanwhile, we've got our own people screwing us and stabbing us in the back. (laughs) These and things, right? Yes. So, and this definitely plays into, let's think about politically. We've got a new district, right? Yes. CD8. Yeah. And I keep reading these articles saying like, Kevin Priola is an option, right? Because I don't know if that's, like they're hinting, like please, please <laughs> run or something like that. Oh, Ke- Kevin, but, you think you think this is one of his? You also supported the heroin injection sites. He was a co-sponsor oh, I mean, of that. Um, he's got the worst the worst rating from the you know the Liberty Scorecard people. No, I think you're but, right. But Independence Institute was all for. We got to get Kevin Pro in there. We, we know he's not good on some issues, but wherever it's going to take back the Senate, we need Kevin. There you go. Well, and it goes back to then too. And Carl, what you're saying is we need to be aware as voters who we're voting for and what it is that they're doing. Just because somebody says they're a Republican doesn't mean, like I just said, they're going to not stab us in the back and increase. Yeah taxes under the the fake word of a fee yeah because really as a voter is like we've got to recognize somehow we've got to get the power back to us which is all about Tabor is right Tabor is just saying that hey you should have the ability to give your consent to a tax and so what we've got is we've got these large organizations that are well-funded they're trying to do an end run they're trying to use politicians to do that end run around the voter and so as a voter Anybody who's associated with these organizations, um, and if you're more politically involved, let's say you um, show up to your state assembly as a Republican or Democrat, like just recognize that these people are in the pockets of big business, yes. whether there's a Democrat or Republican. And we've got to say no to that. We've got to recognize that big business doesn't get to decide how things are run here in Colorado. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, no, they shouldn't. Oh, really? He's saying we need to stand up. He's saying we need to stand up. Well, Carl, so your column is, and we're kind of running out of time here, your column is in the Glendale Terry Creek Chronicle. Um, People can get that at various places around town, or um, it's also online um, at GlendaleTerryCreek.com. But where else? Because you do, you put stuff out all the time. Where else can people find you? Um, Just look for me on Complete Colorado. And then um, that's where I usually try to post stuff. Um, but you can just also follow me on Twitter. So it's like what? Liberty Carl, Carl with a K, right? Yeah. It's spelled the right way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carl, thank you for your time. Thank You're you for great, Carl, as always. Yeah, you do a great job explaining stuff that people need to know. We sure appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, All take right, thank care. you there, Carl Honiger. So, uh, Liberty Carl so on Twitter. That's a good way to do it. I mean, he does, and I really do encourage everybody to read him. Carl breaks stuff down. I mean, he sent us this editorial for the newspaper, and I was like, "What? What? Yeah, what?" And he was said, "You know, not only do we need to understand why the prices were low, but we need to understand what the Democrats and some traitorous Republicans are doing to keep the prices even higher." Now, let me see real quick with some comments from Jacob. Um, 
oh, this is from Mark. So how are we going to pay for inflation with all the new fees? Rent is going up at $200 a month every few months. Groceries have gone up 30% or more. Um, the goal is to tax 100% of what we make. Exactly. <laughs> I'm from Jacob. If the tax on jet fuel is high enough, airlines will leave Denver for other hubs like Texas where the fuel is cheaper. And then Dr. Donna, oh, Kim Munson, she posts articles on her site. I know Carl, Carl talks to a lot of people, so they very well could be. Um, um, okay, is that going to do it? That's going to do it. That's going to do it. Want to remind everybody you can get all of our podcasts at chuckandjulie.com. We are taking Wednesday off, as we said. Unlike Jacob, we're not going to be doing anything productive. But like we'll have Brian Jundep, who I think a lot of people really enjoy. So. Right. Yeah, he has a great column at American Thinker today. He said, if vaccines work so well, why aren't they working? Yeah, there's a yeah. Well, <laughs> good there's question. Good yeah, question. Yeah. He'll be there. So we want to say to you all right now, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We are so so thankful for all of you yes, we are. Um, and for everyone who listens to the podcast and to the great guys at BBS. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll be back. Tune into Brian on Wednesday. Stay safe. Don't wear that mask. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later.